Welcome to Beerfield. Um, this is really just a test to see if we get copyright claimed for that or not. <laughs> I am your host. I, I, I was curious. I was down the old WCW theme rabbit hole and uh, was real curious if we were going to get copyright claimed for this one because, I mean, does YouTube even care about old WCW themes? Hulk Hogan, by the way, I forgot this one existed. I am Bat Beerfield Hop. This is at Beerfield Thurry. Dan, what's up? Oh, man, just another... Like hyped up. I'm like I'm hyped up. I was talking to Hopper uh, pre-show, and I'm like, I'm fucking tired, man. It's been it's raining out here. It's gloomy. I've got shit for sleep. Now I'm just ready. Like we're in the Scott Fishbowl. You got your invite over the weekend. I did, and you were here you. when that happened on I the was. morning I found out. Uh, you were still asleep, so I tried not to squeal. It had nothing to do with my kids still being asleep, also. <laughs> yeah. I'm more important. Don't don't wake up, Dan. That's right. Don't wake Thurry. It's a little scary. Yeah. Um, I get mean. Speaking of, before we get into Scott Fishbowl, because this is going to be a, uh, a we're going to the Scott Fishbowl heavy type episode. Cheers, Dan. Uh, so, Midwest, or just the FF Expo now. Fantasy Football Expo. Canton, Ohio. FFExpo.com. Get your tickets if you haven't yet. Look for a weekend getaway. COVID's winding down. It's probably been like a year and a half since you've been on a vacation somewhere. Great time to take a vacation. Make a weekend of it. Go to Cleveland. Not Cleveland. Canton. You can go to Cleveland, too, if you want. But yeah, Canton. want to. See the Hall of Fame. Come hang out at the Expo on Sunday. Head on out on Monday. Take a chill day. Make it a long three-day weekend. You know, we'll have some fun yeah. with it. It's in uh, August 13th, 14th. 14th? 14th. The Sunday. Whatever the Sunday. Sunday is of that weekend of the teenth, but the earlier teenth, not the later teenth. It's <laughs> just how I'm doing calendars. Jesus Christ. Um, I love it. And I haven't even had beer yet, but I definitely need one. Oh, by the way, very Scott Fish heavy episode. Dan and I are both on the clock with some picks, so we're going to do that. Talk strategy as we do it. Talk overall strategy. These are mock drafts for those mock that are drafts, wondering. Yes. These are Scott Fish mock drafts. Yep. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think the it officially starts until July 5th. July 5th? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, July 5th. So it's close, but... Very close. Yep. Official mock drafts underway. We'll get into format, how format matters to how you draft, why it's important that you mock that you mock draft. We've, we've done episodes like this before. It's just been a while. And our promise has been we're going to talk about what's on our mind, and the only thing that's been on our mind really that's of any substance is actually Scott Fishbowl for the last two weeks as we've tried to figure out what our strategy is for this year's scoring, how we're going to draft, how players are going to be evaluated, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a fun time, huge league. Um, you know, Dan, you're not allowed to play in a league with your podcast mates. So Dan and I don't get to, but we did make sure we got the same draft pick so we can strategize together. So there's, yeah. That. Yeah. So that's been the cool thing that Scott's done over the last couple of years is that he's allowed people to kind of request a draft slot. And this year, especially with being able to, I guess, request your division, Scott's allowing a lot of us to be able to, you know, do our best to pick and choose who we want to play with because this year is based around music. And obviously, if you guys have listened to this show long enough, Hopper and I are huge music fans. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've gone down that route. I've got... My preference of division. I got my preference of draft slot, which obviously let Hopper pick the same one. So now yeah. we can figure out from the three hole. 
what we want to do. do. And that's kind of what played into my division selection is just, so I got added late. So, you know, normally the last couple of years I've been added early on to where the last couple of, I didn't get to participate last year. That other guy from the show, that whatever his name was. That fucking other guy. That other dude that used to be on the show. Um, he got to participate away. last year. I did not. So, but the two years prior, I got in early, got my division selection and everything. Uh, you know, this year got in late. So it was really kind of what's left as I worked through it. I was still, you want to try to get a division that is a little representative of you. But I was also looking specifically for a division that had the three pick open so that I could at least strategize with Dan since we can't be in the same division. Now, you did still have spots open in yours. I did. I do still have spots open in mine as of yesterday. Oh. So, um. And he sent out the satellites, so he's good. Scott's busy. Yeah. I don't know how that man sleeps. So, I don't think he does, actually. Yeah. Uh, huge, huge ups to him for that. Um, you know, instead of direct donations this year, he's just encouraging donations to, uh, charity of our choice, any choice. I'll announce what mine's going to be next week. So, and make that donation. That's awesome. I will do the same. All right. Awesome. So, uh, oh, by the way, I'm in the Katy Perry division. Dan's in the Slipknot division. So, polar, op- polar opposites. Katy Perry, though, <laughs> uh, special place <laughs> in my heart, particularly Dark Horse being the soundtrack to a lot of good nights. So, I mean, how dope would it be if we had a Carrie, if you had a Slipknot featuring Katy Perry song, though? Like, just. I don't know how that would go. Just to witness, like. Have you like seen Corey Taylor and Katy Perry on the same stage, the same song? Have you, have you s- seen it? Have you listened to any of the remixes that are on YouTube, like Psychosocial Baby, where they mix like yes, Psychosocial yes. with Justin Bieber and stuff? Yes. Those That's actually good. really good, though. Those are pretty good. Yeah. And like, you have like the old baby metal genre where it influences a lot of like, you know, pop. Right. With that like hard, hard metal sound. So I think it could work. I think it could work. Katrina, well, Katrina we'll make it happen. We'll making her appearance, her making her, her, appearance her weekly show, show yes. appearance, her weekly. She has to go to the bathroom right when I right when I record. <laughs> and now Owen, yes, all right, the whole family. And whole, now my turn. Now whole whole fam family. That's right. What's fueling beer fueled? All right, what's feeling us, because I'm in a drinking mood now that I'm off my 12-hour workday and have a little bit of time to relax. Thursdays, for me, have always been synonymous with those are the days I kind of let loose a little bit, get ready for the weekend, you know, don't have to focus too much. So um, I have something from Platform Beer Co. out of, I believe these guys are out of Cincinnati? Someplace in Ohio. Cleveland, of course. Of course. It's always Cleveland. Because <laughs> I mentioned Cleveland earlier. Now It's always Cleveland. Now, now. it's just going to be a Cleveland show. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Cleveland show. The Cleveland show. No, nope, no. Nope. It's just going to be a Cleveland show. Very, a show based around Cleveland that's got nothing to do with Cleveland. Which is very underrated, by the way. Not Cleveland isn't underrated. I meant the Cleveland <laughs> show is very underrated. <laughs> Love you, Cleveland. Nothing against you. Nope, not at all. I have uh, Apple Zaps. It's a cereal-inspired sour ale with apples from Platform Beer Co. out of Cleveland, Ohio. Please don't kill me for <laughs> thinking it was Cincinnati. 16 fluid ounces, one pint. You don't see a lot of apple in beer because apples are typically associated with Cider. an off. Ciders, yes, but apples typically associated, especially sour apple, 
typically associated with a uh, an off flavor in beer from a chemical compound you don't normally want. So it's rare to find a true like straight apple beer. You know, Reds did it with the Apple Ale, one of the first ones that was just out there, out there that isn't a cider, and there's yeah. not a whole lot of others. So, um, nope. yeah, we'll see how I like it. It's definitely unique. You don't see a whole lot of these. Dan, what do you got? I got. We're gonna we're gonna end the Minnesota tour here. I got Black Sack Brewing. They're out of St. Paul, Minnesota. I talk about them a lot uh, for those who do not know. Surprisingly enough, their brewery sure is a building with my uncle's business. So I've, I've kind of grown fondly of them. This is a double dry hop triple IPA. Clocks in at 10%. This has cashmere, strata, mosaic. It's just a, it's a fucking shit ton of cashmere. You have like the regular cashmere. They have cashmere cryo, mosaic, strata, uh, a talus. Not sure. It's really sure what. What Talu says, I'm gonna look that up. But those are the hot build in this. Hey, you brought me one of those, didn't you? I did. I dropped you off the two. And I, I know that because I was reading the hot bills when I was picking my beer for tonight, and I saw Talus, and I'm like, "What is that?" Hold on, I will let you know. Let me pull up the world's largest top list. I'm doing the same thing, and let's see what it says. Go to T. Because there's like a bajillion hops in the world, not on there. Nope. Interesting. Okay, let me go to a homebrew store and see what they say. Uh, HPC 692. Okay, I know what that is. Yeah, it's not even it's a year old. Not they, even a year old. Yeah, they actually named... It's a hybrid pollination of, of Sabro. Yeah. Which 342, 472, HPC hops are usually... Um, Experimental type hops. So, have you heard of this new way of using hops in beer now? Which one? It's a new style. No, it's not cryo. I'm starting to see pop up. I just thought of this as we're rating off different hops because we love beer. We need to talk about beer. There is a new style that I've seen floating around. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck it's called. I know Triptych's done it in a bunch of their beer recently. I think oh, you man. mentioned this to me once too. It like my old boss at Benny's is like I guess a huge fan of the style. This was like it was when you added them super early, right? It wasn't like first word hopping. No, but, no, no, no. But it's not that? that one. So this is like it's like a different style of hop. It's not a different way to to add hops. Hmm. It's like a different way of. Here we go. I found the name. It is. Fuck, maybe not. No, I have not heard of that style of using hops. Fuck. Fuck what? <laughs> oh, no, it's going to bother me. Uh, damn it. Should we hold the show until you figure it out? We can, we can move on with the show until Dan figures out what this is called. Yeah. Anyways, I used to have something for this. Sorry, I was looking for a drop. Oh, like, like the elevator music. I used to have the Jeopardy theme, the the Jeopardy music. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Well, no, no. We can talk about other things. I will uh... continue to think about it. I mean, this is such a cliffhanger, though. Uh, nobody's gonna want to drop off of this show now until they know. 
You're welcome. I am. I'm like looking up beer styles, um, just so I can find the actual fucking name of it. Of like of of the hot like so it's a different way of. Uh, HDHC, right whatever that is. Oh, there's a trip to- awkward silence makes great great podcast great, great radio guys we don't edit either so that's not gonna work um oh, oh i'm really glad uh you had to go down this rabbit hole huh i said you could keep moving yeah, i thought i could find it sooner gonna bother me now too just uh, text zach i'm assuming it was zach oh lane text lane if you really want to I hate everything because <laughs> because you have to text. Lane. I can't. No, well, no. I I hate everything because I don't know what it's called. I hate everything because we've been waiting for you to figure it out now for. I know three minutes I... and forty two seconds. No. <laughs> yeah, but who's counting, right? I made that up. I don't know if it's really been that long. It feels it's like probably, it. I think it's been longer than that. Anyway, let's talk Scott Fishbowl. Let's get these picks in before right, people get mad at us. Yes. So, um. For those that don't know, Scott Fishbowl, giant league. I think it's up to 1,900 teams. Um, split across a ton of divisions. Um, so we'll focus in each division's essentially a 12-team league. We won't focus on playoff format. We'll focus more on, on scoring format. So a couple big things with Scott Fishbowl that are different from, from regular leagues. The first one is quarterback scoring. Um, it is a super flex league. So quarterbacks are valued higher anyway. But um, you are penalized a lot more for interceptions in this league than any other league that I play in, basically. You know, quarterback has a bad week. You could easily be looking negative 13, negative 15 points. Whereas if your opponent has a mediocre week, you're looking 18 to 20. That's a huge swing on any week. Um, reason for that is six-point touchdown, but negative four for interception and negative two for interception that's returned for a touchdown. So... I mean, you have the ability to completely, you can go out there and throw three picks, two touchdowns, you just, you're negative. You've completely undone your, your day. Yeah. And like, so he, he had, he did this scoring last year to this, this hardcore negative to help truly balance, but like, like, so, so he did it in a way because he wanted to truly highlight the elite quarterbacks and really reward, um, you know, the best of the best too. So I think so. You know, I talked to Hopper about this this weekend, this past weekend, and I believe Baker one week last year. It was a game against Pittsburgh when it was raining outside, shady weather. Where I think I think I think Cleveland lost like thirty-five to three or some shit like that. Baker had negative thirteen points, and 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 like where you want to have multiple quarterbacks because you have a super flex position, it really gave people pause, and they didn't have. You know, two great quarterbacks to play. Like, like if you don't have a great quarterback to play in a super flex spot, is it is it smart to? Like, it, it made you have to pay a lot more attention because if you play the wrong quarterback and they fuck up, yes, kickers are people too. And yes, this year we we do have kickers in the flex. You, you can flex kickers. You can, and the way that they did that was super interesting as well because while leagues are trying to get rid of kickers, they found a way to double down on it because it's fractional scoring for field goal yards. So a guy like 
Justin Tucker, for example, could very, very easily net you, you know, a, a 14 to 18 point game on any given week, which is better value than you'd get out of putting a running back in your flex. And so it really helps kind of evaluate and offset that. You got a guy that kicks three, three thirty yard field goals. Well, you know, you're only at nine points right there. You get a guy that kicks, you know, a 30, a 40 and a 50, 12, a little bit of a swing. Extrapolate that over an entire season gives you a little bit more variance between guys. So he texted, so Lane texted me back. It says, it says, uh, Cairo pop. It's a Cairo, it's a Cryo pop blend. Huh. I feel like that wasn't the name I was looking for, but I feel like it wasn't either because I definitely mentioned Cryo and that should have been a trigger. I know, but I think that one's, I thought it was a different, I thought there was, cause this is a blend of it. So it's on there. It's doing, it's doing Cryo plus others. I've seen different names for it. It doesn't matter. I mean, it does. But we're we're beyond that. We're on to Scott Fishbowl. You want to keep talking Scott Fish? We got to make these draft picks, right? We do got to make these draft picks. So uh, other scoring things. I'm actually trying to get logged in from my computer right now, so I can pull up the score. Oh, and make I have the, I I do have the scoring pulled up. So oh. you have the only other big thing. So for those of you who may not know the scoring of it, um. It, it's it, it's a tight end premium, so and it's also points per first down. So you're looking at I think it's half a point for a first down for both rushing and receiving, and then tight ends get an extra half a point for it. So it looks like it well, ranges from one to fifty. Oh, yep. Some other things here: uh, negative one point per sack. Point. So that can kill you. Uh. Negative one point per incompletion. And those are all there from last year. Yes, those are all from last year, but it's definitely different than the most leagues. You're yes. usually not being oh, docked. Oh, for sure. You know, you're usually not being docked a point for incompletion. You're usually not being docked a point for per sacks. And what you're really looking for is high completion percentage, low interception guys in this one. Or, you know, people that use their legs. Um, is Half point per first down. That's across everything. Um, and half PPR. And then you also have an extra half point per first down, half PP point per reception for tight ends. So, uh, and then kicking is decimal scoring for field goals. Yep. And, and I think, yeah, there's some, um, and then there is points loss, negative three for missed field goals. Yep, and also return yards. Yeah, and this isn't, uh, these are from all ranges, too. It's not just, like, you miss a 50-yard or you don't lose points. You lose negative three. For every missed field goal, For every missed field goal, goal, three points. So, yeah, be interesting to see how that shakes out, because that's definitely new. I've had, so I've been, I'm in the 13th round on my mock, and we've had two kickers go. Have you? Yep. All right. Let's go ahead and uh you want me to pick first or do you want to go first? I'm What's, in the fifth I mean, ra- I'm in the fifth round. Nope, sorry. I'm in the sixth round. We we can talk about yours. Okay. So I started quarterback, I went Dak first, um, and then flipped around and went with uh George Kittle in the second round. 
again, tight end premium. So people normally go, you're going to go tight end early. That's at least top tier tight end early. Yep. Um, from there, uh, went with Stefan Diggs. So one of the things here is that wide receivers tend to be, tend to be falling a bit, but with Diggs still on the board in the third round, you know, even though there's definitely talent there to be had, wanted to make sure I had at least one stud. And then went Edwards Hilaire because in taking Diggs early, kind of was running out of running backs that figure to be useful. And then uh, Zach Wilson is my second quarterback, and I have a plan for going around that. So and it was between Zach Wilson and Jared Goff, basically, there because of the run on quarterbacks that had happened before me. Yeah. So I went Wilson just because a little bit more of a rushing floor. Jets figured out to throw 600 times a game. Don't really have a running game laid out. And Goff's going to be... I mean, the only benefit be for bad. Goff is Detroit's going to have a very good offensive line, and they're going to be very probably run-focused. Yep. Goff's probably not going to be asked to do a whole lot, at least. And I shouldn't say they were the only guys left, but for my second quarterback, there's probably going to be another one to two upside picks here that happen. So I'm looking at this right now. And I'm thinking I could go for another, you know, could go for another wide receiver. We may look and see what tight ends are still potentially there because Kittle is not exactly a model of health. <laughs> um, could go ahead and grab that second running back because taking running backs that late, I'm going to need some variety to hope something hits. And then could also go quarterback, um, which is, you know, usually a weakness for me. So I try not to overcompensate for that, but I might <laughs> I might have to. So uh your thoughts on that on that so far. And you probably hate the Wilson pick. No, I don't hate it. I don't it, again <laughs> I don't hate Zach Wilson. Hopper does not hate Justin Fields. It's just how it um I don't know because you need to get quarterbacks. It, it it's I mean what I've taken was uh was a uh, Trey Lance still on the board? Uh, I would have probably taken him with the high. I wanted to get somebody upside. I knew was guaranteed to start, and then the idea is to hear in the next couple rounds get another person that's high upside. It might sound gross, but you know Watson, if he plays, a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, some of the guys that are still there that have. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would uh, James I would Winston. lean to get one of those because that could because between him and and Dak, you have that's just insane. Lance is going to play at some point. Fields will play at some point. Um, you know, and then you have your starters. They may not play right away, but that's that's the beauty. You know, that's the beauty of the super flex spot. You don't have to play quarterback right away if you can or or if you can't need to. Right. Um, you want to have two, but you don't have to. Now yeah, the other thing and, is running backs. With the fact that I only have one right now, and it's other words, Hilaire. You got Sanders and Gaskin still there. After that, you kind of get into that next tier. James Robinson. Sanders is still a good pick in the six. Yeah, James Robinson's also still there. Um, you know, I do like Gaskins because there's no competition, and we we figured Miami's going to have a a good offense this year. You know, Tua should take a big step forward. They added a lot of weapons and no running backs. So let me give. I you, don't. I don't give a fuck about Doik. So let me give you a couple. Let me put it this way. Let me give you a couple. Um, Couple running backs that are still there. So Miles Sanders, Miles Gaskin, Chase Edmonds. I Josh Jacobs. I would, okay. Still going, sorry. No, no. Kareem Hunt, James Robinson, Leonard Fournette, 
and then David Johnson, Mike Davis, Damian Harris. You said you're in the Ronald six. Young. You have a long time until you rounds. have to pick again. Uh, let me go look. I don't. I don't remember if I'm on the turn right now or not. No. If, yeah. If it, if you're even round, you're gonna be. You're gonna be uh, coming out of the turn. Um. Yeah. This is six out three, so I'm coming out of the turn. So yes, I do have a long time before I have to pick again. Quarterbacks that are still available. Let me sort this real quick. Um, da, 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 da. Blake Bortles, who should be the starter in Green Bay. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, Jacoby Brissett, who won't start. Uh, Sam Darnold still available. Justin Fields is still available. Jimmy Garoppolo is still out there, just listing off starters. Jared Goff is still out there, or guys that figure to play. Um, let's see. So I'll, I'll, uh, Mac Jones is still out there. Trey Lance is still out there. I'd probably wait. I, I think I took, I took my third quarterback in the eighth round. Yeah. Drew, Fitzpatrick there. Drew Locke's still out there. So, I mean, there's still guys. Um, that are that are there. Cam Newton's still there. So I mean, there's still there's still. Um, I think it's probably the play here is to go running back. Let me check on tight end. Miles Sanders. I took Miles Sanders in the fourth. I know. In fact, Miles fact Sanders still, still being here is probably what the play is. I think you should take a running back because you're not going to have. There's going to be a large gap between picks. Yeah, and they're probably going to go. Mike Gusecki's still out there. Logan Thomas is still out there from a tight end perspective. Evan Ingram, so Jared Cook. There's still tight ends out here to try to get a another one a little bit later on that aren't nobody. So I was able to get. I got Goddard yeah, and Tyler Higby, Noah Fant in the ninth round too. So tight ends, at least in my mock. Yeah, went now, a bit later. There's still which... guys out there. I think the picks Miles Sanders. Okay, it's one of the miles. It's yeah. one of the Mileses, and I think it's probably. Would you go Sanders or Gaskin? I. It's funny enough. I took both. I took. I took Sanders to four hundred three, and then I doubled back and took uh, Gaskin to five ten. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and grab Sanders here to go with Edwards Alaire, and then we'll try to we'll look at you know what's best available next round at a running back. How many yep. quarterbacks are still left, et cetera, et cetera. So. Um, as it sits right now, quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, Zach Wilson, running backs, Edwards Alaire, Miles Sanders, Diggs is my top wide receiver right now, George Kittle. There are guys like DJ Moore, Robert Woods, Julio Jones, still a bunch of ones hanging around, or a bunch of, you know, wide receivers you'd be happy to have as your two hanging around on the board. So wide receivers, um, in this draft, you go in, and it's consistent among what we've seen in most mocks, wide receivers in these mocks. Do go consistently later. A lot of value in wide receivers. People are not jumping for them. Yeah, I mean, like if someone with a tight end premium, with the importance of grabbing high end quarterbacks because of the scoring and the scarcity of running backs, just in general, wide receivers in this format are, um, are just they're not as they're not the most they're the least valued in terms of. 
Yeah, they they are. They become the new tight ends because there's so many of them at that point. And the only you know the only thing you got going for a wide receiver that is outside of normal is that half point per first down. Other than that, it's normal wide receiver scoring. All right, so mine, I am a little bit further. I started this mock, I think, about a week or so before Hopper got his invite and got into his. My team, at the moment, we're in the 13th round. I have Fitzpatrick, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers. My running backs are Etienne, Gaskins, Ronald Jones with an auto pick because I don't remember the notifications. Miles Sanders receivers are Bateman, Shark, and McLaurin. And then tight ends are Goddard and Kelsey. How the draft started, I went. So what's cool about this is is that every draft slot has its own Twitter group. And yeah. it's ours is constantly being talked in. A lot of strategy. And early on when the group started, it was a lot of, okay, what do we do here? I think the 103 is the most wide open pick, uh, at least at the top of the board here. McCaffrey... And Mahomes are generally your one and two or some variant of that. Um, so the three spot, you have obviously Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott. Um, you can go tight end, you know, with Travis Kelsey. You may even front with running back with Barkley and Cook there. Um, with the tight end premium format and this bowls so well for Kelsey for his involvement in that, in that Kansas City offense, I opted to go t- tight end there. And then I double back with Hurts and Rodgers with my next two picks. And then I waited until the fourth round to get my running backs. And that's where I went. Sanders and Gaskin. I got my wide receiver one and Terry McLaurin in the sixth round, which is, I think, insane value, but also just speaks to the importance of of waiting for wide receiver to right. not reach ever, at least in this format. And then I came back around, took Travis Etienne, a lot of it's it's a target upside. He's going to get the pass catching targets. He may not get all the he may not get all the carries, and I fully expect. It's James also Robinson. the fact that when you wait until the fourth round to go running back, you're going to be picking a lot of these upside guys that yeah you know should have a decent floor, and if they hit, you're going to be really happy with, and if they don't, you're going to feel kind of mad about them, but they're not totally going to kill you either. And by yeah. taking a plethora of guys like that, you know you're more than likely to have two or what two or three of them hit. It's not a total zero RB strategy. But it's basically the same premise as zero RB. Yeah, it's it's what a lot of people call a modify. But modify is generally one elite that then you wait on running backs and you just load up everywhere else. Mm-hmm. I decided because running backs will also get pushed early on in the format, I was still able to get value. The fact that I got Sanders, Gaston, and then ETN, all three running backs. Well, in the, the second half of the season could be obviously full-time and starters. The scoring format is going to help some of those third down backs too, like an ETN as he's yep. being hyped up anyway. Yep. Uh, like a guy, like maybe a Tariq Cohen and a Naeem Hines. Um, you get very late in drafts, too. Because you have that extra half point per um, that extra half point per first down. So, you know, receiving backs are going to help you out there. And then, eighth round, I went Ryan Fitzpatrick to get my third quarterback. Um, so, three starters. Obviously, you know, I don't have to rely on, you know, on Fitz, but He's there. Forgot him. Getting Goddard in the ninth round. I know he's he's kind of cooled off, um, but to be able to grab that second tight end who could be a, a good safety net and a safety blanket for Jalen Hurts, um, I like the value there. DJ Chark, Jacksonville hasn't figured out who the number one receiver is. 
and you can get value on all three. And this includes Marvin Jones, just with how that offense figures to be. Um, I'll take the Chark upside. I took Bateman because wide receiver one, and because I got to be on brand. And then Jones was my auto pick, um, and I'm on the clock now. Again, three quarterbacks, four running backs, three receivers, two tight ends. I don't have a a screaming need. I I, I don't need quarterback. I uh, there there are a couple tight ends that intrigue me. Um, the running backs have reached a point where I want to wait. So I'm really looking at just receiver at this point. Um, there are some pass catching backs there, so left, but I'm not in dire need to grab them. I think I can wait on some of the higher end handcuffs. It's like Daryl Henderson, Trey Cohen, right, are still available, and I don't. There's no need for me to reach. Uh, Devin Singletary, even we hate him here, but Buffalo's offense is extremely going to be f- fucking phenomenal this year again. Um, if anything that happens to Zach Moss. Uh, it should be his show. And that same thing goes with Daryl Henderson and, you know, and players of that nature. So wide receivers available are tough. You look at ranking wise, uh, we're not taking Beasley. No, so don't worry about that. No, don't worry uh, about that. Don't worry about that. So Marvin Jones, Henry Ruggs, T.Y. Hilton, Rashad Perriman, uh, Nelson Aguilar is the guy I'm looking at because he's the wide receiver one on that offense. I never say no to Nelly. Nope. Uh, Jalen Rager, Gabe Davis with the Beasley thing, but uh, they got Sanders there too, though. So I mean, Sanders, yep. And 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 we we can talk shit about Beasley, and we both fucking you still got to respect that he's gonna get. He's targets. still on the team, and he hasn't retired yet. Right. So, so I mean, Gabe Davis is he's still clearly he's a high upside four that could very well find himself in a three or even a two before the end of the year. But right now he's got to be like three, a three B on that depth chart with Emmanuel Sanders. So, yeah. Yeah. And then tight end wise, uh, Jared cook. And then that's kind of the, you know, Blake Jarwin should be still the starter. Oh, is it? Yeah. It should be Jarwin, but the only tight end I would look at there would be, Jared Cook just given yeah. the high upside in that in that in that Chargers offense now. But I think I think the pick, and let's see if you agree with me, is is Nelson Aguilar. I'm gonna go with a wide receiver one on his yeah, offense. It's between Nelson Aguilar and and TY Hilton for me. And with Hilton you hope for a little bit of a resurgence with, with Carson Wentz having you know a bigger, more accurate arm than than Philip Rivers, and you know you got Pittman and Paris Campbell coming on strong, but you hope Ty has something left in the tank. Aguilar at this stage is uh, anybody that's listened to the show has heard me talk about it. I like to have guys around that have solid floor. Is the one in Oakland, Las Vegas last year? Aguilar had very solid floor. He had very solid floor when he was relied on in in Philadelphia. He's a type of receiver I like to have on my roster, especially as a depth piece that you can plug in is needed and he is going to be the one on that team, which, you know, doesn't figures to be in a transition space again this year. Yeah. I mean like it's so like the big thing is, is that they just paid him. They, they paid him a a bunch of money. Yeah. said offense, like he's going to always be on the field. That's yeah. That's what we look for from these guys is he's not my wide receiver one, two or three. He's my four. Yeah. And so I I would go for Aguilar as a four. Because yep. it gives you some options, and yeah, I like it a little bit. The upside on Ty, we could look back on it and say, 
oh man, he had that resurgence. But, you know, Aguilar is going to be the safer pick here. And this isn't where you make dart throws. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's still a mock, but it's still the good to have these conversations as to what we believe, you know, people should do. So, yeah, because how you're going to be ready for draft day and not completely deer in the headlights, especially when you're playing a, a format that flips everything upside down. Now, you throw us into a standard half PPR format. Don't really need to prep for that. We've done so many yeah, of those yeah, over the we, years we, and yeah, talk about it so much that if you throw us into a standard single QB, half PPR type format, we're just going to know where we want to go. But you throw exactly. us in this where you got to take things into account, like first downs, for example, takes a little bit more and, and changes your player evaluations entirely. Takes a little bit more. By the way, you know who led the league in first down last first downs last last year by a lot. Who? Yeah. Do you know who led the league in first downs last year? Rushing Derek or Henry. yeah, it was Derrick Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Ninety-eight. Dalvin Cook was next with ninety-one. Your next closest running back, and there's a rushing first downs. It doesn't take into account receiving, by the way. Not yep. doing combined. That takes too much math. Um, <laughs> your next closest guys. So yeah, Derrick Henry at ninety-eight. Dalvin Cook at ninety-one. From there, Jonathan Taylor at sixty-nine. 16 nice nice and what's great about that too is is that he was constantly fucking sharing back you know sharing the right backfield with Hines. that's just now that's for running backs you do slide some other people in the middle there uh hopkins at, at 75 you know travis kelsey at 79 hopkins 75 Diggs at 73 adams at 73 and then darren waller at 69 but i mean how about cooking and henry i know helping their value there that's insane and then Kelsey, um, obviously, there's a reason he went 102 in my mock draft. Ooh. Hence why I went for uh, Kittle. I think he went 102. I'm going to bet that real quick. I don't want to be slandering anybody. So and I'm going to give a plug because we're a huge player profiler people here. Oh, they no. dropped their Scott Fish Bowl. Projections and rankings. Uh, top seven picks are all quarterbacks. Sorry, I was wrong. Travis Kelsey went 101. Yeah, I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't take him over. It's tough. Somebody's I probably I just still trying. don't know if I'm going if I'm going Travis Kelsey. Somebody's probably just trying something. And went Kelsey Mahomes and then I had a choice. You know, I looked at McCaffrey, I looked at Allen and I went Prescott. So. <laughs> and, and and again, this just speaks to the you know, to the uh to the conundrum of the 103 pick. But it also just it's it's going to be very interesting to see. If I if I know I can get Darren Waller at the 210, I'm not taking Travis Kelsey at the 103. I'll wait for Waller. I may even wait for I may I may still wait for Kittle, but CBS did a mock with a bunch of those guys and all three tight ends. I think I think I think Kelsey and Kittle were the 102 and 103. These are all, you know, the big CBS guys we've had. Heath comes on the show. We're we're huge fans, um, but you know they've, you know they've got some controversy based around their mocks, and it just speaks to Scott Fishbowl and, and his point scoring. And a lot of people when they mock are just trying different things, and that's why you mock draft, especially if you're doing a new format. Is and don't mock draft against computers. Find find ones where you can mock yeah. against real people, but that's why you mock because. There are different strategies that people will approach these things to, especially when they're not 
common types of leagues. But even if you're entering in like an IDP league for the first time and you need to figure out how to evaluate defensive players, if you're entering a um, super flex league for the first time, if you're, you know, maybe newer, first off, congratulations for listening in June because that's not when most new, newer players listen. <laughs> but hey, thank you. Yeah, way, thank then. you, by the way. Uh, but, you know, get in there and, and mock draft and, you know, really figure out your strategy, figure out where players are going. You'll kind of learn, you know, your draft day is not going to be chalked. There's always something that can throw you for a loop, but you'll kind of learn where things are going to fall, where they're going to go, and what strategy is going to make you happy and what's going to work for you. So, Yeah, so in my mock, Waller went 201, so a turn. Akita went 209. So the Next tight end off the board was Mark Andrews. Which is Ron should be Pitts or Hawkinson. Yeah. At the five oh three that can that that cannot be right. Huh. Five oh three. So Hawk went five eleven and Pitts went five oh four. So yeah, yeah, Andrews and Pitts, five oh three, five oh four. Wow. In the fifth so, round. So mock like this, this would make me want to go this would make me want to lean off of Kelsey. And go for But then yeah. you look at mine and you've got Kelsey who went one oh one. Yeah. And then a run of, let's see, then Darren Waller went 110. So that's still right. Yep. That's right. I had next with George Kittle at 210. So there's a full round without a tight end being taken pretty much. See, I'd be happy with that. Or, or again, when did, when did the next guys go? So we should expect to see, uh, Kelsey and Waller go first round. Uh, you know, Kelsey going probably top five, top seven. So the next guy that went was Kyle Pitts, the four oh two. Okay. And then, do you think that makes sense? Then do we think that yeah. maybe passing on, on a tight end at the one oh three? If should we write off tight end off the board? Because then that because now that brings in and then guys like Barkley and Cook and then the rest of the quarterbacks. Let's see. And Hawk went four eleven. And Hawkinson's about the part where if you don't get in on that, then you're kind of like, okay, now what? Yeah, I want Hawkins Pitts. I, 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 I view Andrews in a different tier. I, I view. So, like for me, it's Kelsey in a tier of his own, Waller in a tier of his own, Kittle just right below Waller in his own tier. I mean, it does fall, it does help insulate not taking a tight end at, you know, the one out three, but even, you know, the 210. Would have had me, and I was debating on this. I could have went Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb, and and you know had a a bit of an upgrade at, at running back, or you know went a second quarterback with Matthew Stafford, Jalen Hurts, Matt Ryan, all still there. So um, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams were still there. You say that that Deshaun Watson was was not on the board, or was still on the board for you? Uh, he might have been. Hold on. So Watson was taken yeah. at the 505. Watson is Watson's still- going to be just like with Rodgers because there's so you know, people I think are so concerned he's going to miss time or not play. Watson, I think, could be the best value in this draft. So there wasn't really a Rodgers discount. He went 204. Yeah. Yeah, I took him at 210. Uh, Watson. Right, so I took him at the. 303. But Watson is still there and we're picking at the 606. So, yeah. So, what pick did Rodgers go? 204. Yeah, he, I, I got him at the 310. Yeah. So, Rodgers, Watson, I, I, I still think Rodgers is far more guaranteed to play a full, a full 17 game season. 
I Rogers may be that that guy. Like the fact, like he went behind guys like Ryan, you know, Ryan Tannehill, which I still like in this format. Matthew Stafford. So I'm getting, I'm getting that almost that tier yeah. that late in the draft to pair with the high my insane upside pick in Hurts because I, I I don't know if you agree with me, but I view. Hurts I mean, is having top five, top three upside. It depends, right? Because if he's inefficient again, and I don't buy buy in first off that he's going to be. He's not going to be as bad as he was, as last, bad year. As he was last year, given no. what he was in college. But you also have to keep in mind that this is a guy that was a 53% passer last year. Yeah. And you do lose points for incompletions. And I think that that's where I get a little bit of pause around a guy like Jalen Hurts that's going to have to throw a lot, that's going to have, you know, Devonta Smith helps, but it's going to have some receiving talent that needs to develop around him, that's going to have that aging offensive line that they didn't really address. That kind of... he runs more. <laughs> well, it does. And you hope that the running more pays off and, you know, that doesn't end up being, a, you know, a sack problem, for example. Where you true, lose points true. or an incompletion problem where you, where you lose points. So, you know, I, I like the Hurts upside, but to me, he's still someone I want to take in that quarterback 10 to 12 range. And he was in my draft. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Listen to me count. Seven, eight, nine. I think he was a QB eight for me. 10. Let's see, 10, 11, 12. He was the QB 13 in this mock draft, which I'd be happy with. Yeah, I took him at the the QB 8 spot. Brady went to pick after him. He went ahead Uh, of Ryan went after him. Stafford went before him. Okay, wow. Yeah. You also had Burrow, Tannehill, Herbert, Rodgers, Brady. Wilson, Murray, Lamar, Josh Allen, Dak, Mahomes. So, Hurts is polarizing. I mean, I I love the upside of Jalen Hurts. It's the incompletion thing in this format that hurts him a little bit for me to wear. But it's also the the fact that you lose points for incompletions that make guys like Tom Brady jump up. They make guys like Ryan Tannehill be valued where they're at. They make guys like... Um, what's well, like Matt Ryan and Kirk Matt Cousins. Ryan, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you know those high completion percentage guys are are really where you're at there. And I'll take the risk. Uh, I yeah, I'll take that risk and hurts. I mean, it was only you know four game sample size from last year, and he didn't get any practice with the ones until the week before. I'll take I'll take what we saw at the end of Alabama. And then his one year with Oklahoma as obviously he's not going to be 70 plus. So I would never expect that. But I, I think he'll be number two in rushing from a quarterback standpoint in rushing right behind Jackson. And I think he could even threat that if Jackson, if there is a bit of a setback with the pass, if, if they do. For Hurts, what you. decides to throw more and run less off of his dropbacks. For Hurts, what you want is you want him to be around 60%. Yeah, you you basically want as a floor. You want hopefully him, like Kyler. You want him to be 
I mean, Daniel Jones range you're happy with. We had 62-5. With no turnovers. <laughs> with, without with, the turnovers. Yeah, without, without the insane... If- Without the insane uh, turnovers, so Daniel Jones is also it's also interesting with what the Giants have done. But yeah, he is. Um, the turnovers are what give you pause about Daniel Jones. His I, value. I looked at him because of the rushing upside, but the turnovers are what give you pause there. I I actually took Fitzpatrick. Did I take him over? There's no way I did. Did I? I may have taken Ben Roethlisberger was taken over Ryan Fitzpatrick. Was he? That's interesting. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, seven hundred three, seven hundred four. I took Wilson early then. <laughs> yeah, Which, I mean it's all. I, I mean, did. you know, with this is, but he's gonna start. Yeah. He's for sure gonna start. There's nobody even like we looked up who the Jets' backup was the other day, and I don't even remember anymore. Daniel Jones went nine hundred five. Uh, it wasn't Daniel I, I, Jones. I know Jones gets a lot of shit. He's not going to be the next Josh Allen. But, There's upside, but like I, I would like him as my QB three, yeah, and and that's about it. I, I would not trust him as my QB two. There's no fucking way I'm trying to throw him out there as a must start in superflex in my superflex spot. But I have no issue, if, you know, if he's my three and he shows upside, or if he hits some of the upside that, uh, you know, there's some expectations for him to hit. Sure. Um, by the way, there, I mean, then this is why you like Zach Wilson, right? They, Michael P. Ryan and Michael Carter look to lead the Jets backfield. They have freaking damn near nobody on defense. And, um, is James Morgan or Mike White going to challenge him? I'm not concerned. That by the Zach way, shout, shout, not going to- shout out Mike White. Who Mike I White. didn't know was on a roster, Mr. Statue himself. I, I I have zero concern that that Wilson will not play a full seventeen unless you know outside of the injury. injury. Like he's going to play a full seventeen. It, but at the it, at that point, it's what you expect from him. You know, from an efficiency standpoint, and it, it's he, for me. I still I think I I would write off. I would write on Trey Lance. Even if you get floor. even if you get Drew Locke out of Zach Wilson, I, I think that without the turnovers, I think you're okay. The rookie quarterbacks are going to be very interesting. They will be. Trevor Lawrence went in the fourth round of my mock, and I I, I went at the four twelve. So we went to term, but uh, three oh seven in mine. Oof. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little ugly to start out for all these rookies. Probably will be. Yeah, yeah it's in a little bit of obviously growing pains. A little run on wide receivers going on as I look at how my mine unfolds. It's going to happen at some point. After my pick, Josh Jacobs went, and then Cooper, DJ Moore, CeeDee Lamb. I think only one pick's been made since mine. That so. was Naeem Hines. All right, we've beaten that horse to death. Boom! Beat the shit. All right, let's go ahead and da, 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 da. I'm gonna read some some Roto World. Our Carl Nats, but should we, should we talk about the Ooh. news of football that's yeah, more important? Yeah, beyond go, football. Go ahead. A uh, Carl Nassib. Is that right? I'm assuming that that's it's Nassib. Yeah, 
Yeah. The guy uh, that's famous for giving financial advice on hard knocks. <laughs> that's right. That's right. 10% interest. 10% interest. Um, he came out as gay. He's the first active NFL player to come out as, as being gay. And this is a huge moment. Obviously, Michael Sam, I think, was the 2012 draft class. Uh, he never made, he was a seventh round pick by the Rams, but he never made their roster, never played a game or a snap. But it's big for NASA because he's obviously going to, like, he's a rotational lineman. But it's big because now you have your first openly gay player in the NFL that's, that should play that's going to help obviously open up doors. Um, and, you know, you know, conversation and dialogue. I, I, I think this is a massive step forward. Um, and, and hopefully other players, if there's other players that are in that same boat, you know, you know, can come forward. But, um, thankfully for what I've seen, very, very little negative response, you know, to this from the, the trolls on Twitter or just the trolls in, in the universe. No, I think the biggest thing that I've seen really isn't so much negative. It's just downplaying it. Like, what's the big deal? And, and yeah, you know, that is kind of equally dumb because first off, Michael Sam did it, he, you know, nine years ago. But the thing with that is he came out when he was still at the SEC, totally tanked his draft stock, which was wrong, but it happened. Yeah. And then fluttered around some practice squad stuff was, uh, you know, I think part of the Richie Incognito bullying thing in Miami. Was he caught up in that or no? No. That was somebody else. That was another offensive lineman that was just more so incognito being a piece of shit. Right. And then, um, yeah, from there, he floated on practice squads and stuff. He never made an active roster. That's why Nassib is the first active NFL player to come out. That actually has a, a decent money contract. It's actually at least a rotational pass rusher and has been for a little bit now. Um, you know, and the response has been overwhelmingly positive. But when you think of your normal, like, tough guy, air quotes for those watching on YouTube, if you think of your normal tough guy sports, you know, football's at the top of that list. It's, it's one of the places where you would, you would think anyway, where it would be one of the most uncomfortable to to come out in, you know, football is rough and tough, and you know the fact that he did and stood up is always a testament and takes balls. Yep. But um, you know, the positive response has been there, and you know what? I think some of the people saying, "What's the big deal?" Yes, it's downplaying it and minimizing it, and that's stupid. But that also kind of says where we've come as a society to where it's not hate now. It's, yeah, I don't see this as, is that big of a thing. He's gay. Cool. That's, I mean, you don't want to downplay it, but that's also a sign of acceptance as a society of, yeah, all right. That's a thing. Like somebody's gay, not yeah. worth my time to hate on that. Not worth my time to, to make a big deal out of this. Awesome, man. Good for you keep living your life and again i'm not downplaying it either because i think it is big news but to me that just says you know that's a lot of people will construe that as a hate statement as far as 
you know, downplaying it and minimizing it. But to me, that just says the fact that the reaction to this by the most negative reaction to this isn't to hate. It's to say, I don't get it. What's the big deal? Shows how far we've come, in my opinion. Yeah. Yep. Nope. I agree. And it, it does deserve to be celebrated and it, it does deserve to at least be talked about. But it's also a good thing that we are getting to a point where we don't need to, it doesn't need to be overly thrown in people's faces. It's becoming more and more acceptable. And it's more, you know, professional sports, both men and women's sports, you know, come together and, and start to truly embrace it and to accept it. And it, it should only, hopefully it should only get better. Also, other news how about the tight end camp. That, I, I, that, uh, Greg Olson and George Kittle and those guys are putting on. I didn't know. I saw something about that. I know Tebow wasn't invited. Yeah. Well, was, I, think they, I think they came out and said it was because at that point there was, there was far too many people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think it was, they also cited just lack of experience at the position, which is yeah, true. That too. So. Yeah. Which is very much true. So what is it? 47 is uh 47, 45 different tight ends. From across the league, are all together. It was uh, so. This was started by, I believe, Greg Olson and George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. And it's the brain. Uh, uh, tight ends around the league together to help, either you know, to help you know, kind of, you know, promote the buddy buddiness amongst the position for everybody across the league, and to also help people get better at the position. There's been videos of drills going around. There's been videos of of night one, which I believe was last night. Which I was, which I was, uh, Kelsey is being that, that super egregious drunk hype man. You no, know, just in the background going, fuck yeah, man. You're the fucking best. Was he, Woo! Was, just going fucking crazy. Was he saying that to Nick Vanette? <laughs> no, yeah, right. I no, hope it was when, <laughs> it was when Olsen and Kittle were trying to talk and you got your boy in the background just fucking hyping you up. So, uh, Titans don't get enough love. And with with the emergence of some of the fun ones coming out, especially Kittle, and with the respect Kelsey is obviously drawn, it's uh, I, I'm pumped for the position. I'm pumped to see what uh, what comes from this. But I thought it, I thought it was a cool little note that these guys put on this little tight end camp to help kind of grow the bond amongst the players at the position, and then also improve across the league, which is great for football in general. Uh, new to the position and a limited amount of spots in the attendees was why Tebow wasn't invited, by the way. So, that's, yep. It was both. All right. Yeah. No, that's that's cool. And you love to see that camaraderie and people actually helping people get better. It's a good a good mark for society, a good mark to take to your, to your everyday life instead of hating on the person that's that's worse than you, you know, give them pointers, help them get better. Um, exactly. Invite them to come hang out and join and, and practice. I mean, hell shit just happened to me on a disc golf course this week. So, um, so, so I was happy. That's why I love disc golf so much. Uh, Worlds is going on too, by the way. Have you I, watched any? Of I have not covers? gotten a chance to yet, but I definitely will. Even if I have to watch the replays on Jomez, watch so the, some of the worlds. I, 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 I've been dabbling with the thought of picking up, uh, disc golf network to watch the live coverage, but I also found out on new discs they offer up live scoring nice. updates. They do for in the pro version for sure. Yep, and I've watched 
I watched a f- so the, the it started Wednesday and I watched or Tuesday. Yeah, I started it started on Tuesday, so I watched Tuesday and Wednesday's coverage. Um spoiler alert, Kelvin Heimberg has cut his hair and I'm very Aww. upset about it. I'm so upset. He looks like he looks young. He doesn't look like the hipster super stoner kid with the long arms. Well, that sucks. I'm a bit disappointed with him cutting his hair. But um I've looked at scoring. I won't I won't talk about it, but I've looked up to scoring and with the massive cluster of players around, it's going to be a It's gonna be fun. Fun and, fun fun finish. And now that I've gotten into that I can enjoy that, especially the finish. But yeah, I'll definitely have to to turn it up and and watch a bit and watch on Jomez as they follow your lead packs and whatnot. That's how I've been watching, so it'll oh, yeah. be cool. You saw that Disc Mania's uh pulled out with Innova and is gonna be molding their own disc now. And they've they've already they've gone back to their original making their original line. Right. Um, which is huge because I got buddies that are big, you know, you know, P fans and like just massive uh disc media fans and the lines that they that they make. I don't have as much. I do have a couple of D D threes, which is the distance drivers. Um you know, I may look at some putters. I've got I actually bought another disc out of their Evo line after throwing that mid-range I bought the other day. Nice. That I liked. And then I think I bought an Avenger SS, too. So. Avenger. Is that, is that Discraft? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was Discraft. Just letting you know what I did. But no, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I was I'm out. I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> we were out. Uh, Lindsay went out with me throwing uh, the other day, two nights ago, I think. We went out and played the same course that that you and I about died on from I, heat I, exhaustion and climbing log I, piles I love and that everything. Course. I cannot wait to go back and play. So, um, my my uh, disc was out of the creek, by the way. So naturally, I, know, he, I had to put yeah. I had to put another one into the pond. So we'll see if that shows up in Lost and Found at some point. My uh, name's on the bottom of that one, at least. But um, now I was out there throwing and. Ran into a guy on the, the first tee box and, you know, chatted for a minute. He introduced himself and then, um, you know, went about our way. And then Lindsay misunderstood some directions I gave her because she was trying to stay on the pass. So I told her, or at least where it's flat. So on one, I told her to go up to the top because, you know, they got that hill that slants kind of sideways going down towards the pond. Yeah. So I told her to go to the top of that hill where it flattened out. And then just walk across and meet me on the tee box for two because there's a path right there. And uh, she just kept walking around. So I peeled off after I played three, I think, and stopped you know, to try to find her. And dude came back up and chatted with me a bit more and let me know that they had a group and invited me to come play with them and stuff. And, you know, introduced himself and, you know, on Facebook. So. Told me how to join, and then again, I was uh, throwing at the wrong basket. <laughs> it's, and that's the problem with playing when you haven't played enough at a course. Yeah. So I was throwing it, at the wrong happens. basket, and it turns out my first tee shot I thought was crap would have been great for the basket I was supposed to be throwing at. <laughs> but um, he uh, Pointed my disc down there, and he's like, all right, I'm just going to send you the invite to this group. So he did. So we'll have to get together with them for Hell yeah. a couple of plays. But anyway, tied into you, same thing. Just 
you know, you see people, scoop them up. You love Help them to out. see it. A lot yep. more of that happening in the world today. I've been very, very fortunate to catch a lot of that and a lot of people that are willing to help. So that was just the latest example. Let's get into some news, eh? Hey. Whatever so. might be worth it. Oof, uh, Steelers released right guard David DeCastro, so they're down another starting lineman. Not good news for Najee Harris. And they signed former Chargers player Trey Turner. They did. So, yeah, not sure that's uh, an upgrade. I doubt it is. Uh, Castro was widely considered their best offensive lineman, though there's been talks about him potentially wanting to retire uh, due to his ankle injuries. He's been battling the last couple of years. Um, this is one of the worst offensive lines that got worse. Again, it, it's don't expect a whole lot from Harris from a, from an efficiency standpoint. It might be a little ugly at times, but volume. This is why we. We preach volume about running backs and redraft leagues. It's it's volume, volume, volume. Yep. Uh, Lamar Jackson is negotiating a contract extension without an agent, which is rarely ever a good idea. I get why <laughs> players do it, but it never works out in their favor. I think the only one where it did was Richard Sermon. Yeah. He uh, on himself pretty hard. There was a Panthers lineman who got part of his in Bitcoin, which was really good if he got out a month ago. Yeah, I got it. Don't but, want to talk about it now. Um, it looks like Allen and Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield also have not signed extensions. Mm-hmm. I, I I expect the least. I expect all three of them to be done at some point this year. At some point this offseason. Jackson said he wants to wait till Allen and Baker get theirs, which makes sense because they have an agent. He wants to see what, what the fucking value might be worth. Who do you think gets more money, Allen or Jackson? Um, Allen. It's not Baker. It's no, not Baker. It's probably. I think it's Allen. Because one, he's going to use an agent to negotiate, and two, <laughs> that's good. That was good. It, and two, he's <laughs> you know, whereas people still believe in Jackson with the arm. Allen last season proved it with the arm, but you know, now he's got to come out and at least sustain some semblance of that performance and not have a down year, or get an extension done this off season. So. I, I think it's going to be very close. I think they're both. I think whoever gets the second deal done, I think I, I think they're both going to be very close. I think they're both worth to be very close. Jackson, as an MVP, he's he's led you know Baltimore to the playoffs in all three of the leagues since he's become a starter. All three seasons since he's become a starter, he's got that playoff victory along with Allen. Allen obviously deserves that. I agree. I think Allen could get the most just based on. Recency bias, obviously both quarterbacks mean the world to their team. So not, not Mahomes level. I don't think we'll see any 10 year contracts. Um, you think they both sign for five? I wouldn't be shocked if Jackson goes a little bit less than a year. So, um, maybe three or four, maybe four. Maybe Baltimore could be a little concerned. Yeah, four or five. Rushing. I think Allen will get the five based like it just with what you said, you know, he kind of calmed the nerves on his passing Jackson with the, with the amount of hits he's taken, maybe Baltimore obstacle lesser years. So Roger Goodell is going to allow the NFL is going to allow, I guess, Teams to challenge whether a COVID nineteen infection would be considered a fruit 
a football-related injury or not, potentially allowing them to withhold game checks. I'm not surprised as the, as the country and the higher power-ups are trying to push people to be to be vaccinated. Right. Um, Players Association may or may not have a fit. I don't know where they side with that. So, But either way, just more pressure on them. Sorry, yep. Cole. Sorry, Cole, and the players who may or may not follow suit. So Keyshawn Vaughn looks like he's being relegated to special teams duty. Antonio Gibson's improvement is night and day yeah. going into year two. Add that to the cliche section. <laughs> I don't know what I was about to say. Devontae Adams, they're getting stages of an extension talk. There's no fucking way Adams is the doesn't sign an extension unless he has guarantee that Rodgers is going to play. Yeah, no, he'll sign no an extension. Fucking way. There's no fucking way, right? No, he'll sign an extension. You think he'll sign one, like, even without yeah. Rodgers being there? Yep. Okay. Uh, Darius Guy settled out of court with the woman who accused him of domestic violence. Charges were dismissed. You think you think Geis gets... We'll get another you think, shot. You think you get another shot? I mean, this is yeah. going to be... Yeah, I, I think we'll see... Uh, I mean, that was kind of the talk when the news broke out last year was if he avoids the jail time. And, and he did, and he had, you know avoided a conviction, and it was thrown out. So, yeah, I think somebody will give him a shot. I mean, Do you think I, he gets any suspension base because it, it got settled out of court? Probably not, no. Backlash? The NFL might, but even if so, it's only going to be a game or two. I mean, I don't think this is going to be Kareem Hunt-like, for example, where it was on video. So. I wonder if is, is it worth the speculative ad in Dynasty? Not yet. Until we know, until we know where. He's Wait till you hear that he is working out for somebody. Yeah. Or rumors of interest. Unless you're a rebuilding team, then yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins are prioritizing downfield passing aggressiveness this offseason. Well, no shit when you add <laughs> when you add Will Fuller. Will Fuller. Jalen Waddle. Waddle. Yeah, you're going to be <laughs> practicing working the ball downfield. Tua does work the ball well downfield. Yeah. Him, you know, coming off the hip injury. I always, like, I, I am a big fan of the Dolphins offense. I think they're, them in Buffalo. And the Jets. I mean, fuck. Maybe the AFC East won't be the most laughable division in football. I mean, I know it was Aves. I know it was, a, it was the NFC East from last year, but. Maybe the AFC East will actually be respected. Yeah. Here's one for you. Pete Carroll said tight end Gerald Everett will be a real threat in the throwing game. So oh, God. Working, add that to the... working him out at quarterback, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be a real threat to throw the football. Oh. Add that to cliches. I can't. At least, at least he can run. He's got to be better than Tyree Jackson. You remember Tyree Jackson from Buffalo? Yep. Oh, let's see. Yeah. Browns probation ended early. There's a video of Old Dell Beckham on a treadmill running. There's like, a video of Saquon sprints. Barkley cutting and running routes. Yay. Let's see, some hype around David Montgomery and Darren Waller, just that they're going to be better than last year. Throw that on the cliche pile. Uh, Frank Clark arrested Sunday night in Los Angeles for felony illegal possession of a firearm. Then Uzi Uzi, in a duffel bag in his SUV. Uh, Routine traffic stop. 
Booked in L.A. County Jail behind bars. I think he's going to get... Uh, he was acquired by the Seahawks prior to the 2019 season. Oh, from the Seahawks. My bad. Um, okay. So the NFL's back, basically, is what that is. Uh, rookie Zaven Collins arrested for reckless driving in Scottsdale. Hmm. Well, we'll see what happens from that. Mac Jones has done enough in spring to merit a real competition. I think he should also start over Cam Newton. I do, too. I think Cam should be let go and he'll go to Denver, you know. Another person I thought was surely (laughs) out of the league. Deshaun Kaiser has a chance to win the number two spot for number two quarterback spot for Tennessee, edging out Logan Woodside. Alex Collins appeared to receive the most reps of any Seattle running back. Right, right. <laughs> I love. I love. I, I love, love the I off love, season. I love off season. Let, let's make Alex Collins. Uh, here you go. This one's obligatory. Sammy Watkins was the Ravens' best receiver at minicamp. Yeah. yeah, it's just like outside of the many reports that Bateman should be the that Bateman's been the best. Ah. Uh, Reports the Bears will give Justin Fields a lot of playing time in preseason. Well, I mean, that's the best time to play your rookies is preseason. Here's one for news. (laughs) I can't even. Carlos Hyde can see a legitimately high volume of carries if James Robinson's hurt in 2021. How fucking bored could you be to put that as a, like, oh, man, this guy could see a lot of work (laughs) if another play gets hurt. If James Robinson's hurt. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, uh, Khalil Herbert can see a high volume of carries if Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery miss time. <laughs> oh, man. Deshaun Kaiser could be the starting quarterback for the Chargers if something happens. Something happens to, to Ryan <laughs> Something happens to Justin Herbert. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> Impressing coaches. Yeah, we're going to keep going. Uh, Ravens picked up Jawan James. Good for them. Yep. Somebody was going to. AFC is going to be. Uh, Bills wide receiver <sighs> Cole Beasley said uh, COVID-19 protocols may force him into retirement. That, that I hope, happens. Good. Get the fuck and go make your shitty rap albums and get the fuck out of this league. Right. Don't you got, I don't know, <sighs> trust funds and shit to rap about? Yeah. Fucking baby. I think that's. Uh, no, we're still going. Hold on. There's a Ooh, lot of. Tyler Conklin emerged as a guy that's moving upward. Add that to the fucking wall. <laughs> the cliche wall is my favorite. It, it's, I think that may be my favorite offseason. Patrick Mahomes was able to do the things that he needed to do at OTAs. It's a legitimate <laughs> headline. Jordan Matthews converting the tight end. Saw that. Last he added game. 30 pounds this offseason. Jesus. That's fuck. Are we starting to see the, yeah, we're starting to see the, uh, the Darren Waller. Ooh. You know, Akeem Butler effect. Here's one for you. This is a guy that had actually some flashes last year, too. Chad, not Chris Hansen, signed by the Lions. He immediately slides in with Quintez Cephas and, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is the top three wide receivers on that team. He still have Prashad Perryman and Tyrell Williams. Right, so he slides in with Quintez <laughs> and Lions the most uninspired. If there is a receiving core that I am 
that I am, I am excited to see how this goes. Oh my god, I, I can't though. I can't preach to take Anyone. a number one, the number one for the Patriots, and say that I'm going to just punt the Lions. Oh, I can. I I will punt everybody but T.J. Hawkinson in the last round. I'm going to pick fucking Chad, not Chris Hansen, to be my Brian Hartline. Is how that's going to work. The Bears signed their 15th tight end, Jake Butt. Jake Butt. Formerly of the Broncos. The Bears Formerly are in the butt stuff. Like Juan Treadwell now at the Jaguars. I love how they always say, like, formerly first-round pick. Yeah, former first-round pick. <laughs> former first-round Okay. Rub it in. Uh, any else, anything else fun? Penny Hart. I don't even know who that is. Wide receiver for the Seahawks. Penny Hart had a spectacular no. couple, couple weeks in OTAs and minicamp. <laughs> you heard it here first. Go get Penny Hart. Yeah, Penny Hart, guys. No, I think we are we are down to the news that we talked about last week. Yep, because there's Roberto Aguayo. <laughs> Roberto Aguayo. <laughs> there's a. That's we actually a reached... pretty fun segment of let's read Roto. Let's read a. That's going to be a good off season segment of what are the most hilariously basic headlines we can find on Roto World. I got a listener question. That's not in the listener chat. What's that? It's from Justin. Justin from the Father Son Football Podcast. Yeah, boy, Justin. I did. I did some show with with uh, during the season with a uh, name I won't mention. He asked me, "Goff or Winston in Dynasty?" I mean, gotta be Goff, right? Because the Lions seem to be at least. Well, I don't know. Goff's uh, contract likely, like he'll likely be on the Lions until twenty twenty two. Right, the fear so he's is at least a bridge through, quarterback through next season. Is how high of a draft pick did the Lions get, and then how quickly does said draft pick supplant Goff? Winston. Well, who do you end up in a Carson Wentz scenario? But Winston, you've got. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing with Winston: either he has a great year, and the Saints sign on and say he's our guy, or some other team that needs a quarterback takes it, or he has a bad year and he's probably cooked. So I mean, I guess it really depends on. What your team's situation is, like most I'm things. Looking, I don't I'm know. Look, yeah. The upside in Winston's a lot higher. So he's asked me a few questions based on this draft. Golf's a lot safer. It's a 14 team third round reversal. I don't see if it's super flex or not. I'm assuming because he's asking about Josh Allen at the top of the draft. So I'm assuming. Super flex. <laughs> He's super pumped for talking about. I told him we're talking about this on the show. So I, I think I, I think I go with upside with Winston. I think I take I think the I'm upside. I think I take the upside. If Winston plays well enough, which we've seen him at times play well enough, um, I think he can retain his starting job longer than. Goff, but we know, we know, we know that the Lions are not a playoff. We know that they're a bottom five. Yeah, and we know that the Saints could make the playoffs this year. Yeah, and you know, we know what Winston's capable of if it can be harnessed. Goff has a much, much lower ceiling. The floor might be higher, and it might be higher for another year or two. But I don't even know if it's that a much, much lower ceiling. That I, I, I think I gotta go Winston. 
Also, I'm a giant Jameis Winston fanboy. So yeah, there's I that mean, too. This is the only fucking podcast in the universe that where both people agree on Winston <laughs> at all times. At all times. At all times. Even both the love. year he went thirty-three intercept, thirty touch, thirty-three touchdowns, thirty interceptions. He was he was a fucking god if it, he didn't have any penalties it, for turnover or if, if it yeah, really light like a negative one per interceptions. You were happy. Yeah, I, I played and in I had league him where it was year. negative one. It was negative two. I had him for and a negative two-point interception league, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he looked bad first half, and then come back, throw five touchdowns, and then you were like, okay, I'm cool with this. Got to eat some Ws. Got to eat them Ws. We have anything else? We've talked. We literally we've talked disc golf and football. I think we've talked and, and Scott Fish, which is obviously going to. We'll uh we'll give updates during the drafts when the draft starts in a couple weeks. We'll give updates on our drafts. We will, um, shows. especially we'll that that Thursday show when we should be a little ways in. So we absolutely Justin will. agreed with us too. By the way, Justin said he he also agrees that it should be Winston. Yeah, good, awesome. Three people agree on Jameis Winston. That's never <laughs> happened before. We will not. We will not get on. God, was it? Uh, was it our boy uh, John? You Hogue that Hogue. doesn't like Winston. I think. I think. I think. Hogue I'm, I'm sure Hogue doesn't. I don't think Matt Hicks. He's anti lock. I know that. I don't think Matt Hicks does. The people that we respect in this industry, the people that we respect like... and have the most fun with in this industry, don't like <laughs> oh, the people hey, we like. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's fine. We'll, we'll we'll be sitting alone on our pedestal when Winston becomes a top ten quarterback because he 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 makes the Saints not actually play fucking Taysom Hill. Absolutely. Ugh. All right. Uh that's the oh, show. Beers. We got beers. Oh, we got beers. About. We do got beers. Um, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Let me let me take a a sip on air. So as you can tell from a double dry up triple IPA that clocks in at ten percent, to be juice forward, boozy. Generally, most of these hops will always bring out some sort of stone fruit. I get a lot of grapefruit. I get a little bit of mango. Um, the juiciness still reigns through. I I I actually don't get a whole lot of booze in this, but this is a traditional heavy ABV hazy IPA that's done well. So. Again, like usual, I'm a big fan of Black Stack. Um, it's always hard to do a lot of beer reviews based around hazy IPAs because most of them are this are the same. So, hopefully, uh, hoppers will be a lot more exciting to talk about. Yeah, it is. So the one thing about apple beers that that always gets me is definitely the nose because there's no way that it just doesn't smell like apple juice that's set out for a couple of days. Like every apple beer I've ever had has that same off-putting smell. The good news is that most of the time, the taste doesn't live up to that smell. And that's exactly how this one is. Now, going for cereal, I can only assume they're aiming at Apple Jacks. Definitely missed the mark there, but that doesn't mean it's a bad beer. Um, you know, it's tart apple forward. Uh, there's definitely a wave of vanilla that comes in afterwards, which is why I say it missed the mark, because... You know, I don't know that there's been vanilla added to this, but I believe there's the comment of natural flavors. I'm assuming from what the yeah the so, wheats or oats use. 
Yeah, you t- I don't know of a grain that'll really give you vanilla notes, though, unless you... What? I'm just add vanilla. I-, I thought there's... What do they use in cream ales? Flaked maize? Corn? Corn? Yeah, so maybe that... And then I mean, if you add vanilla it. to it, maybe, I don't know. But okay. e- either way, I mean, flaked maize is normally just for, for sweetness, and then if you want vanilla, you add vanilla, so... I mean, it definitely tastes like there's vanilla in here, even though it's not listed, which they don't have to list it. So, um, and then, you know, uh, a bit of tartness, a little bit of cinnamon on the back end. I mean, it's a good beer. The, the vanilla definitely really helps to balance things out. It, you know, I don't think it hit the mark on trying to be, you know, tastes like Apple Jacks, if that's what they're going for. Maybe there's some apple cereal I'm not aware of, but it's a really good beer. So, um, I'll definitely drink the rest of it. It's going to be a good, Good summer porch drinker for sure. Hell yeah! All right, that's what we got. See you next week. See you guys next week.